Hi guys. Oh, I'm so happy to be uh, talking to you all today. This is yet another edition of my travel series where I talk all about my nine week solo journey through Asia. Last week, I talked about my little uh, few day adventure in Kuala Lumpur, how much I loved the malls, how uh, just, you know, the views in my hostel, how breathtaking that was. And just, you know, having a really nice time, really like laid back, but, you know, good experiences, really liked Malaysia. But now it's time for me to talk about just part one, because, yeah, we're going to need multiple parts for this next uh, destination. This is part one of my three weeks in the island of Bali in Indonesia. So, I mean, as it is for many, Bali was a total dream destination for me. It was in my, like, top two tr dream travel destinations for years. Really happy to say I went to my number one and my number two dream travel destinations on this trip. We'll talk about number one in uh, a future episode. But, yeah, Bali was definitely in my top two. I was there for exactly three weeks. I wanted to come and really just spend time there. Like, I had just seen so many, like, content, like, so many YouTube videos of people who, like, moved to Bali and they just... You know, of course, obviously, there's downsides to Bali and living there and being there, which we'll get to. But, you know, it just always seemed like you know, they just lived such nice lives, just that there's a lot of great things about Bali and a lot of great reasons to be there. So I really wanted to, like, spend some time to just kind of live normal life, but in Bali. And uh, it's a great place to do that. Um, talk more about that in my part two. But... Yeah, I want to uh, talk mainly about just my time in Ubud, which Ubud is in central Bali, and it's definitely like the cultural hub, uh, and I, I love Ubud, um, so let's talk all about it. But first, I want to talk about what happened when I landed in Bali. So for the very first time, just landing in Bali, I had a lot of trouble withdrawing money, and I later found out it's because like my for some reason my bank just did not like Indonesia like it tried to block so many purchases from there I had no issues in any country I I was fine using my card in Singapore and Cambodia all over Thailand all over Malaysia but as soon as I get to Bali as soon as I try to withdraw some cash um the ATM was like no which fortunately I did have some um, Malaysian ringgit to exchange so I did come into Bali with a little bit of cash but yeah, uh, it wasn't until I, like, authorized my attempted purchase, like, let my bank know, yeah, that's me, that uh, I um, was able to use cash. But yeah, I was able to withdraw money afterwards, but yeah, that was my first little bit of drama. But beyond that, though, like, everybody always says that it takes so long to, like, get, get through, in, like, immigration, because you also have to get a visa. I didn't think it was that bad. I don't think I waited longer than like 45 minutes. I do hear people, you know, say that they waited like two hours and that is pretty common, but I didn't think it was that bad personally. But yeah, once I had my visa, once I, you know, had my bags, I uh, got picked up. And so what I first got to say when you get to Bali is that um, it does not take long to understand why traffic is such a major issue on the island and is honestly, in my opinion, probably the worst thing about Bali. I think a lot of the locals would um, agree with that. Just there's so many people on the island, but there's usually only like one or two road lanes. There's only one highway on the island, kind of around the airport. Some, some areas have like two 
lanes per like I guess side but for the most part there's really only one road lane and the, the streets are really narrow. Traffic is a thing here. That's really the one downside of Bali but like if you plan properly and you have like a good sense of humor about it and you're just patient it's not a huge deal but that is something that you really need to know. Like when people said that Bali traffic is bad no one really prepared me and I told a couple locals that and they always find that really funny because yeah, Bali is not a good place to drive a car. <laughs> I do not, do not recommend renting a car in Bali. Um, terrible idea, actually. But just if you're going to drive around the island or you, if you're going from one place to another, just prepare to wait in traffic. It's inevitable. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it took about maybe two hours-ish to get from the airport to Ubud. So, immediately, Ubud reminds me of Chiang Mai. I love the vibe in Ubud. There's so many cool cafes, there's rice terraces everywhere, there's great shopping, there's yogas, there's spas. There is so much to do in Ubud, it's actually insane. I was never bored there, not, not even once. So my first full day, I got up for my hostel's free 7 a.m. yoga class. By the way, I stayed at Piri Garden and it was a beautiful. There was a nice pool, free yoga classes, free massages, free mani-pedis, free breakfast at their cafe, big comfy beds. I really loved my stay there. It's really worthwhile, also excellent location. So when I was in Bali, also I decided to go back to the gym. I chose Gymnasium Bali, which is in this big building called Park Q. The gym is beautiful. Um, I, it had all the equipment I needed. It was really nice to be back at the gym and also to, to be having like high quality workouts again. Like I really, really enjoyed Gymnasium Bali. I honestly didn't think the people were the friendliest in comparison to the gym that I went to later on in Chenggu, which I'll talk about in the next episode, but it wasn't that bad. I did think overall it was a really beautiful gym and I did really enjoy my time there. So yeah, after my leg day at Gymnasium Bali, I went to the famous Monkey Forest. And yes, I spent the like 50,000 rupiah on like the funny picture where it kind of looks like the monkey's like taking a picture of you. So let me talk about like what is actually going on there. Um, no, the monkey is not taking the selfie. Like they're, they're clever, but they're not, you know, no. Um, so actually... The rangers have a trick where they have food in their hand and they take pictures while the monkey is like reaching for the food. They like position the food like right behind the camera kind of at an angle and they reach for it and they take a picture of the reach and like it is actually really funny. Um, the monkeys are hilarious. Um, I will say the more you're around them the more they, they're just kind of more annoying squirrels. But, like, when you're first getting used to them, they really are funny. Like, they will jump up on people and they'll try to take stuff that they think is food. Um, yeah, it's something. I think the monkey forest is definitely a fun experience and I definitely recommend it. And in the evening, I walked, I think it's like, I think it's called Champion Ridge. I might be butchering it, but it's a short hike and you just get like a really nice view of like the lush green jungle. And it's a great place to catch a beautiful Bali sunset and it's a very short and easy walk. Like anybody can do it. So don't worry about all that. But yeah, the next day, I get picked up for a three-hour drive to the Sukhumpool Waterfalls. Very long drive, but it was so worth it because the Sukhumpool Waterfalls is really the most breathtaking place I have ever been. There are these huge waterfalls, and there's also a hidden waterfall as well, and we get to obviously like look at them from a distance, but then they also had us go down and swim in the water. The guide was amazing. He takes 
Like, he took the most outstanding photos and videos. I don't know what it is about Balinese tour guides, but they just all have a PhD in cinematography and in photography. They just know all the angles and all the tricks to take really beautiful photos and will just go above and beyond without you even asking. Like, they are just so generous and just so like welcoming and like I I love the the people of Bali like the Balinese are some of the nicest people ever but yeah that was um the Sukhumpul waterfalls was just a top 10 life experience and if you have the opportunity it is worth the drive like do it it is beautiful yeah he took outstanding photos and videos and um after that we went to the Ulundanu temple which it was a bit rainy so we didn't really get a good view of it so I would say, though, the waterfalls that day, that was like a huge life highlight. I loved every second of that. Yeah. The next morning, I got up at two in the morning because it was time to hike in an active volcano. More specifically, I hiked up Mount Batur, which, okay, I read very mixed things about the hike in terms of difficulty. Some people say that, like, it's so easy, you can practically run up. And other people say it was really hard. They actually have, like people on motorbikes that can like escort you up if you're having trouble. In my opinion, as somebody who is fit and does the gym for a living, but I'm not like an endurance athlete or I'm not a cardio person, like that's not my preferred way of training. I'm, I like hiking, but I'm not like a bona fide hiker. I maybe only do a couple hikes a year. I thought it was about intermediate. It had some challenging aspects, but it was very, very doable. Especially because our guide had like had us like take breaks and we moved at a pretty reasonable pace. And actually, coming down was harder because of just how slippery the dirt was. Like almost everybody in our group slipped at one point. I almost did. It's I'm actually surprised I didn't. But yeah, watching the sunrise was beautiful. It was very breezy up there. It was probably like the coldest it had ever I had ever felt in Southeast Asia, but Unfortunately, it was quite overcast that day, so we didn't really get the best view, but the sunrise was still insanely beautiful. Like, we were above the clouds. There was something very spiritual about it, and actually on our way down, we got a really beautiful view. So, yeah, there was just something really magical about being above the clouds, and Mount Batur really was a special experience that I thoroughly enjoyed, and I honestly would do it again. And if you are kind of on the fence about it, I say do it. Like, yeah, getting up or like early in the morning is not fun. And I will say I was definitely tired for the rest of the day, but it's it's beautiful. It's it's worth it. Just do it. Seriously. Just just do it. Yeah, so then on our way back to Central Ubud, we visited a coffee plantation and got to sample like a bunch of different coffees and teas. So in Indonesia, a major delicacy in, is coffee made from a local anim animal's poop. Um, it's called a luwak. A luwak is like, how do I describe a luwak and like what it looks like if you've never seen one? They look, they're almost like possum-like. Like they're not very big. I, yeah, they're, they're just, you know, kind of furry, just, just, a, just a furry animal who, you know, poops and the, the Indonesians are like, oh, coffee. Yeah. Um, and, and it's actually like the male the male poop is like more expensive because it's like more like I guess like the flavor's better. Yeah, um, I didn't try it, so I really can't speak on it, but uh, that's a thing. I did try a bunch of coffees and teas and I thought most of them were really good. And honestly, like after the hike, I was pretty tired. I took it easy for like the rest of the day. I got a Manny Petty, which was $25 total, which is technically kind of expensive it, in Bali standards. Like I could have maybe paid half the price. 
And I just love how affordable everything is in Bali. It's not, I would say, Bali's not as cheap as other parts of Southeast Asia, but it's definitely, compared to Western prices, like, still very, very affordable. Yeah, it was just, like, a really great place to kind of treat myself. And, yeah, I got my first mani-pedi in forever, and I really liked it. And it's kind of making me want to start getting, like, mani-pedis more often in the States, because I really never get them for... I don't know, it's like I don't like acrylics, so I would have to get like some actual real nail polish, which doesn't last as long and stuff like that. But I, I need to honestly just start getting into it because I did feel like good after going. Like there is something about treating yourself in that way where you just leave feeling better about yourself. Like it is true. So yeah, that was great. Also, I took a Balinese cooking class. The cooking instructor was like super funny and she was really cool and the food we made is amazing. I signed up for the class at last minute just because I remembered how much I loved the Thai cooking class. And uh, look, I will be honest, if I had to pick a favorite, I would pick Thai food. Just my personal opinion. But Balinese cuisine is still delicious in its own way, and I really enjoyed everything that we made. So after six nights at the Piri Garden Hostel, which to be honest, I would have happily stayed longer, um, it was time to check out of there and check into a private villa in the Tagalalong area, which is kind of in the outskirts of like the Ubud. So the reason why I did that was because it was my birthday weekend and I wanted to treat myself to a little private villa with a pool, a big bed, and it was so comfy and it was so cute. So... Let's talk about the morning of my birthday. I treated myself to a floating breakfast, which you just have to do when you visit Bali. Like, I loved the experience. Like, they just bring out, like, a big floating, like, heart-shaped basket. And your breakfast really does just kind of lay there and float on the pool. And it was a really lovely experience, and I really enjoyed it. I think it was 350,000 rupiah at my villa, which is about, it's about 25 US dollars. Other resorts in Bali, they'll charge you much more. So, yeah, it's not, like, I mean, I guess that is kind of expensive for Bali. Again, kind of pretty cheap for Western standards. In the West, that would probably be, like, a $60 to $70 experience. But, yeah, I it, seriously, though, it's worth it, though. Like, the whole concept of the floating breakfast, there was just something about it. Um, after that, I got picked up by the um, Kamandalu Resort, which, oh, God, it's a beautiful resort. Um, amazing. I had signed up for a 90-minute spa treatment. So when you get there, they have you just kind of hang out on this beautiful jungle swing for a bit. And they give you a cup of really good tea. And then I had a 60-minute Balinese massage overlooking a forest. And it was so relaxing. I just loved every minute of it. And then I had a full body scrub, which I had never done before. And my skin felt so smooth after. And after that, I had a smoothie bowl overlooking the most incredible view I just really appreciated the resort for just how above and beyond they made the experience. Like, it was truly special, and I really, really loved it. So once I got back to Central Ubud, I had a nice little birthday dinner, and then I went back to my villa. And my last day at the villa was pretty chill. Like, I just went out to lunch, but beyond that, I stayed there, ordered food, hung out by the pool, and embraced solitude. My decision to spend my birthday alone was very intentional. The reason why is because I had just noticed that over the past several years, I had spent my birthday being overly dependent on the energies of other people. Like, I would be so fixated over who is coming to my birthday. How do they feel about it? And, like, that's not to say that I, you know, had these crazy expectations for people in my life. Like, it's not that at all. Like, I was always grateful for anyone who showed up for my birthday and who wanted to be part of it in some way. I just think that I focus too much on others instead of focusing on myself. Like, how was I feeling about turning a year older? How was I feeling in general? And I needed 
just that reminder that I create my reality and that all I'm looking for is already within me. And just to like avoid seeking things from others, I kind of took others out of the equation. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not sure if that's relatable or not, but that's just the honest reason of why I decided to spend my 29th birthday alone. And all I really wanted was a nice, peaceful weekend, and that's exactly what I got. So ultimately, my first week in Bali was top tier, like from the experiences, the people, like, oh my goodness, seriously, the Balinese are the nicest, warmest people, to just the vibes, the food, the personal breakthroughs. I loved every second of being in Bali my first week, and fortunately, my time in Bali was just getting started. So that will lead me to part two coming next week. Gosh, getting to re relive Bali... Like, that was, th this was really fun. I had a blast there, guys. Like, you have to go. I can't say Bali is overrated because I had top 10 life experiences almost every day my first week. It is really, really amazing. And I think I could gush about Bali all day long, but I won't. I will sign off for the day. Thank you so much for tuning in. And next week, I will talk all about Bali part two. Just how uh, the following weeks went when I, when I, uh, transported to a new part of the island um more specifically i go to the beach so we'll talk all about that thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed this uh, first installment of my bali experience but part six of the travel installment and um i will talk to you all next week take care